I want to talk about Jesus. Why he came to this earth. Why he came to this world. What, what, what is his purposes on this earth? Of course we can say it's salvation. But there is so much more to why Jesus came to this earth. Matter of fact, 700 years before the birth of Christ Jesus, Isaiah prophesied something. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. Verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, remember that word government, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7, of the increase of his government, remember that word government, and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with the judgment and justice from, the time for, from that time forward, even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You know, when it says that from judgment and justice, last night we held an online worship and justice service. If you haven't seen it, you need to go to our Facebook, Windward, windward.ca or Windward uh, uh, TV. Uh, you, uh, you can watch it on our Facebook page, but you need to see it. It was about worshiping God and bringing justice to rescuing of the sex trafficking kids, sex trafficking slaves. I tell you what, we must live with righteousness, attitude, and a justice lifestyle. That's our calling, it's our destiny. But let's go back and look at verse six here. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, this word government is misrah. And what it, it's only used two times in Scripture, and Isaiah used once in verse 6 and once in verse 7. Two times this word government is used in Scripture. Now, I'm not saying the Bible doesn't reference earthly government. It does. It reverence using words governing, governing authorities, uh, different things, governors. It mentions those words. But this word, Misra, government, is used two times in Scripture, and Isaiah used them both to speak about Jesus Christ. That word Misra, it's, it's a, such a beautiful word, uh, it actually means empire. The rule and dominion of an empire. Every other terminology that refers to the local governments, the uh, local authorities, it does not refer to an empire or dominion especially. It will say rule, the rulers of the local the government around us, but never refers to them as the dominion over us. You see, Isaiah was making a declaration very, very clear. 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, he was declaring, he had a revelation from God himself, and he was declaring that there is someone that is coming to this earth, and he will not be like a regular governor. He will not be like a, a president of a country or a prime minister of a country. He will be something very, very different because he's so different, I'm gonna use a very specific word that will only be used two times in the word of God, because he is coming as a, for about an empire with ruler, dominion, power, and authority. His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus came 
for the dominion power of his rulership on this earth. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, and the writer to Hebrews all wrote about Jesus coming into the world because Jesus came to ransom many. Mark chapter 10, looking at verse 44 to 45. Mark 10, verse 44. And whoever of you desire to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. You see, Jesus didn't come to be a slave for all. He doesn't want us to be a slave to this world. Because if you choose that your way or the highway or your way is best or your first, uh, you are actually a slave to what Jesus, a slave opposite to what Jesus came for. Whoever of you desires to be first shall be a slave of all. This is why it's so important as believers in Jesus that we learn who our identity is. Because human identity is always striving, striving, striving for something better, something greater in us. But I'm here to declare that who is greatest in us has to be Jesus Christ. That we are not striving to be first in everything. Don't be a slave of all. Because Jesus didn't come to strive to be first. He came to serve. And his life became a ransom for everyone who's walked on this earth. His life is your ransom, paid in full. Jesus came to call sinners. In Luke chapter 5, verses 31 to 32, and Jesus answered and said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Verse 32, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. You see, Jesus said, those who are well have no need of a physician. Jesus came as a grand physician to an infected, sinful world. I think more importantly, you can take this spiritually, but we can also take it physically. He hasn't come to us, hasn't come to this world to people who aren't sick. He knows. Anyone who does not know Him as personal Lord and Savior in the eyes of the kingdom of heaven, then you're a sinner. You're sick with sin. But Jesus Christ is the Savior. He died on the cross and rose again to forgive us from our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, even bad thoughts. He cleanses us through his death and resurrection on the cross. I truly believe in the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. Our faith grows and grows and grows. And as our faith grows, 
so does the power and the strength of all of his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in us as it is in heaven. And when we walk on this earth, whether you're wearing a mask, you're not wearing a mask. Whether you're social distancing, you're not social distancing. Whatever is going on, when we walk with that great faith, knowing him, that whatever comes against us has already been defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that. If you're struggling with cancer, I'll guarantee you it's already been defeated in heaven. There is no cancer in heaven. You're struggling with influenza. I know influenza people die every year. Every year it's a bad virus. We've had it for years with a vaccine, and it's still a bad virus. People die from it. People die from leukemia. People die from motorcycle accidents, car accidents. People die from, from, from drug overdoses. Talk about a pandemic. We have a drug overdose pandemic right now. We've had it for many, many years. But I'll tell you what. No matter what your past, no matter what your history has been, I will guarantee you beyond a shadow of a doubt that my Bible is crystal clear that if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. Right now, right now. Jesus came to do good and separate evil. Matthew 10, verse 34 this is Christ speaking. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. <laughs> Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I know it, it sometimes goes crazy in our mindset and our understanding, but we have to look at that word peace. Because so many times, you know, Christians start to, to accept and have peace with sin. You can't do that. We were never called to accept sin. We were never called to live in peace with sin. Matter of fact, I pray that if there's sin in our lives, we don't have peace because we need Jesus to, to live a life where we choose no more sin in our life. See, because Jesus' peace never meant to accept sin. That word peace it's arene. It means a state of national tranquility. It's a, it's a state that's exempt from rage and havoc of war. So listen to this when we read Matthew 10, 34 again. Do not think that I came to bring a state of national tranquility. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to bring a state of national tranquility. Instead, he, and then it says, I did not come to bring national tranquility, but instead I came, I brought a sword to divide, to divide sin and righteousness. And you say, well then, he doesn't love the sinner. Oh no, Bible's clear. He loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. He came to destroy that sin. But how does that sin get destroyed then? It gets destroyed by your and my free will to choose him above all. To choose Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, above all. To believe on him, as I said earlier, to receive salvation, forgiveness of sins in our lives. We must realize peace 
is never accepting sin. I, I watch. I'm going to say one more statement. Peace is never accepting world political correctness that is contrary to the Word of God. Oh, believers. Oh, saints in Christ Jesus. Peace is never accepting political correctness in the eyes of the world that are contrary to the Word of God. That's why I will not accept from my government this is not the time to have faith. I disagree 100%. This is the time my faith is on increase more and more and more. Jesus also came to save people from condemnation. John chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Listen to the diversity of what I just shared before. There's never an acceptance of the world, sin. He didn't, he didn't come he, God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn. What does the world condemn mean? It means judge the world. Why, why? Why? It just sounds like that is what Jesus did. Well, the world was already condemned before Jesus was born. <laughs> the world was condemned from the sins of Adam and Eve. So Jesus was born into a condemned world. He wasn't looking to free the world. He was looking that who are condemned could transfer that to salvation. Let's look at that again. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn or judge the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Verse 18, and this explains my point. He who believes in Him is not condemned. So if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are condemned because we were all condemned before Christ even came to this earth. But he who does not believe is condemned already. So he who believes in him is not condemned. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are free from condemnation, but who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you. No matter what you've done in the past, you are not condemned if you know Jesus Christ. You receive Jesus right now. You repent of your sins, repent of your wicked ways, and you say, Father God, I believe in you, Jesus Christ. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Then you're saved. Jesus came to give sight to the blind. He came to give sight to the blind. John chapter 9, verse 39. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see me, who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. It's an interesting verse. For judgment I have come into this world, for those who do not see may see. And that those who see may be blind. What Jesus is saying here, I have come for the ones who don't see me as their Lord and Savior. 
who are willing to open their eyes to Jesus. I have come to you today, says the Lord. I was born, I was born over 2,000 years ago, says the Lord. So your eyes can be opened to see Jesus Christ today. But there's many people that Jesus was referring to. Many of the religious rulers, many people that knew about God, but they chose not to see Jesus as the Christ. Maybe you know about God, but you don't know Jesus. You don't know him as your Lord and Savior. Today's the day that your eyes can be opened. Christmas 2020, your eyes can be opened. Maybe you've been living some sin in your life. You don't know how to get out of it. I want you to know right now, Jesus Christ is alive for you and for me. All you have to do is believe in him. Believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And when you do, your eyes begin to open again. And you get to begin to see how He sees. He doesn't see you as a sinner destined for hell. He sees you as one who gets to choose to be a son of our living God, a daughter. As the Bible says through Jesus Christ, we are adopted sons and daughters to the King. He is knocking on your heart if you're watching this right now. I truly believe that some of you as you're watching this can even stand in intercession and stand in the gap of a family member. That you can become such a living testimony that God's going to give you wisdom and insight on how to love unconditionally some of the people that need Christ Jesus. For judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see. May see right now. I ask, Lord God, open our eyes. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 to 8. Because Jesus also came to heal the sick. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I want to encourage us right now that as you go, no matter wherever you go, People say, well, this is just for the world-traveling evangelists. Oh, no, it's not. It's for every one of us. That as you go, anywhere you go, preach. Well, I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. The power of your testimony is more powerful than any words of somebody speaking out who's not living a Christian life. The power of your testimony speaks volumes to the people around you. As you go, preach because in the power of your testimony you are saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand that word the kingdom of heaven is at hand it actually means it's within reach 
at hand means it's touchable right now, right now. So right now, my Bible is not at hand until I go over and I can touch my Bible, then the kingdom, then the Bible is at hand. So as you go, as we walk on this earth, we walk knowing that the kingdom, the supernatural kingdom of God, the power, the authority of his kingdom is touchable. I can touch it. I can touch it. I can walk in it every minute, every second of the day. And when we start to understand that more and more in our own lives, we begin to walk with a power and with an authority in our own lives that automatically builds faith. And we start to increase more and more and more. And you know what? Nothing can touch you. Yeah, but what if I get sick? Yeah, but how do you respond to the sickness? People are so worried about getting COVID. There's been a fear mongering that's gone out there all over this place, all over the world, all over this nation. I don't know if you really look at the statistics. We need to hyper-protect our 80-plus with multiple diagnoses. I tell you what, I'm going to walk with the kingdom of heaven touchable in my life to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, because I freely have received this from Jesus, the Christ. And I freely give it out. I have watched thousands upon thousands of people be healed in the crusades and in our ministry. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt areas that I have gone into, places where I have been threatened with death, I have been kidnapped already by gunpoint, the places I've gone into where there's such a, a, an infectious diseases that are going on and somehow or another I'm standing here alive today and I'll tell you why. Because my faith is not in what I see on this earth. My faith is what I see and know in the kingdom of God. I know people have died of COVID-19. One death is too many. But I tell you something from the depths of my heart. Have faith and know that He is God. Have faith and know that His Word will set us free. Have faith and know that you have the power and the authority over depression. This is better than any drug. I'm not against doctors prescribing. I'm not against it all. Matter of fact, I believe many, many miracles happened by our doctors and medical personnel. Guaranteed, absolutely. Not a problem. But I know the one that I go to first He's the grand physician of all. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning from the end, the creator of all things. 
That's who I go to first. And by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he has opened the door for me to have relationship and communion with my Father God as a son in the kingdom of heaven. I want to encourage you on this Christmas day. Merry Christmas. and Celebrate. If you have to be confined or restricted, celebrate anyways. Celebrate. If you're by yourself, get on Zoom, get on Facebook, do something, get on a phone call. But celebrate. Have a heart of celebration right now because there is a spirit of depression that is raking across our nations. And I'm here, and a lot of stuff that's coming out of our governments. And I'm here to declare no, celebrate. Celebrate the birth of our living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The final point that Jesus came into this world to give eternal life. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will be saved. You will not perish. You will have everlasting life. That's what salvation is. You won't die. You will have everlasting life. Or your physical body will come to an end, absolutely. But your spirit with Jesus Christ alive in you, as you believe in Him, put your faith in Him, your spirit will be transferred from glory to glory. This could be the best Christmas ever. I don't leave my joyful peace, my hope, my love. I don't leave that in the hands of the local authorities. I don't even leave my hope, my peace, my joy, my love. I don't even leave that in my freedom. I find my hope, my peace, my joy, and my love in my Lord and Savior and my Father God. So right now, right now, I'm going to pray a prayer. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Romans is very clear to confess with your mouth. I'm going to say a simple prayer. And if you're watching right now and you need to know Jesus, maybe, maybe you've been backslidden, maybe you've known Jesus, maybe you made a profession years ago, but you haven't been living a, a Christian lifestyle. Maybe, maybe you've even been uh, burdened down with fear that you're questioning whether God's even real or not. Pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and rising again for my sin. I'll put my faith in you, Jesus Christ. Forgive me for all my sins. I believe in you, Jesus. 
you prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Please make a comment. Get a hold of our office. You need strength and encouragement. Please get a hold of us. Our office. Windward.ca If we might not be able to visit you, but we will for sure call you and get a hold of you. We will pray for you. If you have prayer requests, put them, put them in the comments right now. Our intercessors are watching the comments. Any comments that come in for prayer goes deeply into intercession immediately. But I do want to say one thing. Merry, Merry Christmas 2020. It's one to be written into the history books, I'm sure. But I'll tell you what, this is the greatest hour the church has ever stepped into. We might not be able to meet publicly, but I will tell you what, we are meeting in the Spirit. This is the greatest time. I believe this 2021 year, we will have the greatest evangelistic records ever in the history of the church. I believe that we will be going into all the nations and preaching the gospel and healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, and casting out the devils. I believe this is the time the church is starting to grow in another whole level, in another great season that we are going to step into. I know we're in a season right now that that might be hard to grasp, but I will guarantee you beyond a shot out of a doubt there is a spotless bride that is on its way in the church uh, around this world the believers of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior so again I want to encourage you Merry Christmas Merry Merry Christmas as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ Amen